Today's reading is from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Heather, for reading for us. Thank you, Tim, for praying, leading us in prayer. And um, thank you, Shari and team, for leading us in song. How good it is to be able to gather together and read God's word and um, hear from our Father in heaven and to pray and come to the throne of grace and to sing songs. And uh, I really like singing. I have to say that I really like words when they align with God's Word. And um, some years ago, we uh, discovered a song uh, by Emu Music called I Am The Way, The Truth and The Life. You might know it. Do you know that song? I am the way, the truth and the life. That's what Jesus said. Do you know that one? I am the way, the truth and the life. Don't leave me hanging. That's what Jesus said. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. I am the way, the truth and the life. That's what Jesus said. Well done. Give yourselves a round of applause. And sermon over. God bless you. Keep you. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, for those who like their sources, those words are originally um, from, well, they're from the Bible, uh, but they were kind of refined in that way by Thomas Akempis. And um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty hard, it's easy to sing that, isn't it? Easy to say that, pretty hard truths behind it. Because Jesus says, I am the way, which means that we were or are lost. Jesus says, I am the truth, which means that we were or are blind, spiritually speaking ignorant, blind. And Jesus says, I am the life, which means that we were or are spiritually 
dead. Lost, blind, dead people. I, I mean, that's pretty hard hitting, isn't it? To, to have that said of us or to say that to somebody else. But that's what it means if Jesus' words are true. Jesus is the one who brings away the way for the lost. Jesus is the one who brings a truth, the truth, for those who are blind. And Jesus is the one who brings a life, no, the life, for those who are dead. And how does he do this? Well, we're entering into this uh, story of John. We've been reading over the I Am statements over a number of weeks now. We're in the penultimate one. And we're going to have a look at these readings rather through the eyes of the disciples. Jesus is speaking to his closest disciples. They're in the upper room together. Uh, The Jewish leaders have gone. They're preparing to kill him. Judas Iscariot has left the room. He is going to betray Jesus. And Jesus is teaching his disciples here. It's rather like an intimate life group where they've come together to hear from the master himself. And what we might expect from the situation, well, they have questions. And in fact, just before our reading in chapter 13, uh, Simon Peter has a question for Jesus. He says, Lord, where are you going? And the genius of these Holy Spirit-inspired books in the Bible, the genius of this letter, I think is in how John renders these questions from the disciples in a very real way that you and I can relate to. And Jesus answers them emphatically with the authority of God himself. Because this whole book was written that you and I might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing we would have life in his name. And these three questions from Thomas and Philip and Judas I think will help us as we engage with our world because they're as relevant today as they were then. And I think the way in which John engages us, very much for his contemporary audience, is to think about engaging the mind and the heart and the soul. In other words, what's sometimes described in the art of persuasion as the logos, the pathos, and the ethos. And I'd love you to see whether you've you find this in here because I think the purpose of Jesus' words in describing himself as the way, the truth, and the life are to persuade the reader to think and to feel and to trust. So the big idea today, if we could just have that on screen, is pretty simple. Uh, Jesus' Messiah is the way, the truth, and the life. And the next one, thank you, says, go with Jesus, know Jesus, and live for Jesus. And... Um, I'm going to lead us in prayer that that might be the outcome for us as we gather today. So shall we talk to our Father in heaven? Our Father God, we want to thank you for John who wrote this biography of Jesus that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. Thank you for giving us your grace to recognize that we are lost, blind, dead people. Thank you for giving us Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. We're sorry for the times where we imagine that we are not this way or have not been this way. And we pray, Father, that as we read together through your scriptures, you would give us comfort, you would give us confidence, and you would give us compassion for those around us, that they too might know that Jesus is the Son of God and the way, the truth, and the life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, three points today. Uh, 
the way, the truth, and the life. So firstly, Jesus is the way, and we're having a look at verses 1 to 7. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus said. And he said this because he knows that we are lost. He's soon to leave his disciples. He wants to comfort them. He wants to encourage them. And he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. For in my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you may always be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And this is the point at which Thomas asks his question. He says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Thomas, I think, is a reasonable person. He likes his reason. He likes his logic. He wants a map. He wants a manual. He wants a method. He wants a way. And he says to Jesus, give me the manual. Show me the way, and then I will know the way to go. Thomas needs to be going the way. But Jesus' way is something new. Do you know, every single other religion or faith worldview in the world is about finding a way making a way, creating a manual or reading a manual. It's all about what we do. But Jesus says something totally radical and revolutionary here, doesn't he? He doesn't say that rule keeping is the right way to be right with God. He doesn't say that we can find a way to fulfillment. He doesn't say that we can pioneer a way for peace. What does Jesus say here? Verse 6, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can I just re-render that for a minute so that we can get the weight of this? Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no way to the Father, full stop. Well, that wouldn't be very pleasing for anybody, would it? And that's the situation because we were lost. We were cut off from God. In fact, in Ephesians we read that we were dead in our transgressions. But Jesus doesn't say there's no way to the Father. He says there is a way to the Father and he is the way. There is no way to the Father, verse 6, except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Now, where is Jesus going? We don't know where you're going, says Thomas. How can we know the way? Well, Jesus is going to the cross, isn't he? He's going to the cross to lay down his life for the sins of the world. Did Jesus sin? Well, the Bible tells us that he is the only one without sin. In fact, he is the only one who is able to make us right with God in his sinlessness. And so he is preparing to go to the cross and he will not only go to the cross to forgive the disciples and us, but he will rise from the tomb to assure the disciples and us and he will go to heaven to prepare a place as he has promised to do. And as we heard last week, Jesus is the incarnation come into the world as man. Jesus is the resurrection in his humanity raised to life 
fullness of humanity and ascended into the heavenly places and he will come again to bring a new order of things earth and heaven brought together in a new creation forever and Jesus says to Thomas this is reasonable this is the way I am the way and this is how we can go his way this is how Thomas can go his way this is how we can go his way and I want to know how are you going going his way Do you sometimes find that you wake up in the morning and want to do things your way? Or to try and find some kind of contribution that you can make to bring yourself a bit closer to Jesus? Jesus says trusting him is the way to be right with God. That's the start point and the end point. Maybe you've been struggling to keep walking Jesus' way. Maybe you've fallen a few paces behind. Maybe you feel like you've completely fallen off the map. Well, let me tell you that God assures you that you are, once you're with Christ, never going to be let go of by Christ. And keeping up with him is about reminding ourselves and one another that he laid down his life for us, that he has suffered for us. And when we suffer, he knows what we're going through and he will never leave us or forsake us. So may we take comfort in knowing Jesus as the way. And finally, for those of us who are stepping out in confidence and feeling that we have a good stride with Jesus, maybe, maybe the way in which we can help one another is to remember that there are others who are struggling to keep in step with him. I was reminded in a conversation last night about the benefits of being in a life group. Uh, a, a couple of guys I was talking to about how they journeyed together for many years. And when one of them had fallen, there was the other to pick them up and point them to Jesus. And then w- the other one was there to pick up somebody else and point them to Jesus. Because Jesus is the way. Whether we are in a space in need of compassion or comfort or have every confidence in Jesus, there are always opportunities for us to continue to remember and remind one another that Jesus is the way. Well, secondly, Jesus says, I am the truth. That's what Jesus said. And he says this because he knows that we are spiritually blind. We're not physically blind, most of us. Not like the man in chapter 9, whom Jesus healed from his physical blindness, But all of us at one time or may still be spiritually blind to Jesus as the truth, not seeing. And Philip's question here is one to Jesus that says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. I have to see it to believe it. Have you had people saying that to you in your experience? Maybe you have said this once or twice yourself. Seeing is believing. But the Bible takes another position. It asks us to believe that we may see. People today say to, say to me, maybe say to you, show me God and I will believe you. And Jesus says, believe and trust me and you will see. And I think Philip's probably the experienced man. He wants to know the truth. A personal thing, the pathos Maybe he's the sort of guy for whom he says, give me the experience. Notice what he says. He says, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. 
Philip says, if you show me God the Father, I would believe. He's setting the terms, isn't he, on God. And I think we can be like this sometimes too. Certainly we may have family and friends who say, give me the proof. If only I had more proof. Or if only I'd had this experience, then I would believe. But God sets the terms. And Jesus, as the Son of God, is God. He sets the terms. He shows the way. And he says to Philip, verse 9, don't you know me, Philip? Even after you've known me such a long time, three years of life and ministry together, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? There's no experiential entertainment on offer. There's no emotional posture to adopt. There's a person. And Jesus is the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. And Philip already has witnessed many of Jesus' works, but he will also witness the death and resurrection of his Savior and Lord Jesus. Jesus says in verse 10, listen to my words, and then you will know that I am the truth. Verse 10, he says, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. It is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or believe the works. Jesus says to Philip, believe my works, and then you will know that I am the truth. Because these signs that Jesus has done align with Jesus' authority in his words. Words and works go together. And so Philip, of course, has seen Jesus turning water into wine. He's seen the woman who was known at the well. He's seen the official's dead son risen. He's seen the paralyzed man healed. He's seen the feeding of the 5,000. He's seen a blind man with his sight restored. He's seen Jesus escape the Jews when they were trying to arrest him. And he's seen Lazarus resuscitated from a tomb. And Jesus says to him, Philip, every time I open my mouth, the Father is at work. And every time I confirm these words by my works, the Father is at work. What more experience do you need? Very truly, he says, verse 12, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, and you may, verse 14, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, if you're anything like me, you you read these words, 12 to 14, and you kind of land quite interested in verse 14. Isn't that right? Like we say to Jesus, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And that's almost like, a, it's kind of like a, a, a free card, isn't it? It's, like, it's kind of having an ex- inexhaustible supply of good things. And I, I don't know, I, I, maybe you're like me and in your early Christian walk, your prayers were very much kind of, Lord God, here's my shopping list. Please, please me. <laughs> I mean, as we get older, In our walk with Jesus, we do find that the Spirit shapes us so that more and more we say, please, please you, Father, don't we? But Jesus did great works. He did restoration from disaster and demons and disease and even death. And these are great works. But Jesus says to his disciples and to us, you will do even greater works because you will have my words, not only in my book, but in your mouth 
and the Spirit who will enable you to speak and do things that will resonate into eternity. You have the power to raise the dead in speaking the gospel to one another. You were blind once, convinced of something that was not true, and now the, the truth has been revealed. The great lie that we have been sold, brothers and sisters, in this world, and our children and our children's children will continue to be sold, is that I am my own master. You know, the, the most popular song at funerals still is Sinatra's I Did It My Way. The truth of knowing Jesus means keeping his commands and not being our own master or somebody else's. You see, to see with spiritual sight is to be relieved from spiritual blindness. To see with Jesus' eyes rather than to see with our natural eyes. To see with the eyes of faith and a spiritual line of sight. Do you remember Bob Dylan? That great song, you got to serve somebody. You got to serve somebody. Now it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. (laughs) Praise God. Thank God I've still got a voice. (laughs) I tell you, the, the devil is alive and well. And he wants us to be blind. And he wants to propagate the blindness, but Jesus is the truth. And Philip wants to know the truth, and Jesus is the truth. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we have a really significant role. The disciples took the truth, and they shared it. And the apostles went out, and they shared, and today we are the recipients of the truth, generation to generation, and we have the very Word of God. May we continue to teach this truth to our little ones and their little ones and to continue to do that with every confidence. Because Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. The command is to believe first that Jesus is the truth. And then I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper with you forever. We have his spirit. And if you feel like you're lacking the experience or the emotion, we keep going back to his promises. And over time, he will fulfill and comfort and satisfy those needs of which Philip speaks. Third and finally, the life living for Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus said, and that's because Jesus knows that we are or have been dead. Uh, We used to have a lot of pets in our family. We have one now, but... um, my, my daughter um, it keeps count of this, and I, I know that we have had over the years 74 pets. <laughs> Lots of them were guinea pigs, I hasten to add. <laughs> They're short generations. Do you know, we have buried... <laughs> the garden we had on the beaches was full of little graves and little pebbles to mark each and every one of those. And we committed them to the dust, and we gave thanks for them. But the the helpful thing about having pets is that you know when an animal's dead, it's dead. There's no spirit of life in there. That's what we once were. Oddly, whilst you and I are alive right now, the Bible describes some of us as dead spiritually. 
Some of us have been dead spiritually, but now we are alive because the Spirit of God is in us, and that is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And those of us who are alive in Christ know that it is by grace that we have been made alive. And we know that we do not deserve it. And yet some people say God should save people. It's his job. And I wonder whether Judas has picked up on a bit of a theme here as the man of, the, the, the man of compassion, the man of ethos, the man of social responsibility. He says to Jesus, how is it that you're going to show yourself to us, but not to the whole world? Do you see where he's going with that? I have friends and family who've said to me, but it's all right for you. What about that little community of people over in, off the map somewhere? Why don't they get to know Jesus? Is that fair? I think Judas is the moralist. He's concerned about the whole world. And I, I, I get it. I've been there asking those questions with Judas. And I have to say that when it comes to life, there are big efforts being made in the world of AI and, and biotech. There are people who have been put in cryogenic chambers in the hope that one day they'll be resuscitated from death. But hear how Jesus is going to make his truth known and eternal life available to all the world. Verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. So what happens to those who keep Jesus' word and are loved by their heavenly father? Verse 23, the father and son will come by the spirit and make their home in him or her. We will be made alive. And those who do not obey him, those who do not recognize Jesus as the life, they are dead. Loving, obedient people of God will have his spirit and life and others will rebel. And that is how it is. And Jesus says this is a tough message. And you're not going to be popular for preaching it. And he says, verse 25, all these things I've spoken while still with you. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, verse 26, will teach you all things. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. But I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus assures us that life is in us when we belong to him. We'll hear next week from chapter 15 about how the world opposes Jesus and that has implications for us as his people. But for now, Jesus wants them to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life and that the Spirit will come, as we hear about in the book of Acts, to indwell his people when Jesus is risen and ascended to heaven to continue his work. And today, as his church, he is with us. These final words of Jesus where he says in verse 28 uh, to 31, you've heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. So finally, what's going to happen? Jesus lifts their eyes from the upper room, this cozy space, and says, you're going to be out on the battlefield. He says to them, the prince of this world, 
that fallen angel whose name is Satan, the agent of evil, and who is real and enduring until Jesus returns. He is coming, and he will believe that he has the victory over Jesus when he lands on the cross and breathes his last. But we know, don't we, that that was the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That when he died on the cross, he put our sins to death. He broke the, tore the curtain so that we might have union with God, our heavenly father, and Satan there would have no hold over Jesus because Jesus is risen from the dead. The cross shows Jesus' love and devotion to his father and the resurrection shows the father's commitment to the son in his obedience. And this, brothers and sisters, is where Jesus passes the baton as the way, the truth, and the life. Because I dare to say today that we are the way, the truth, and the life. That was the cue for that to come up. Thank you so much. (laughs) See, Judas Judas wants Jesus to love um, beyond the reach of the disciples. And Jesus says to them, in effect, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Take me with you. And, and they go out, and here we are today. Jesus' way will be walked by people who love him and his word in the church sitting together in obedience. Jesus' truth will be seen in people at peace with God, enabled by his spirit to write the Bible and then to share the Bible with one another. And Jesus' life will be lived by a body of believers so convinced by his love for us at the cross that we, like Jesus, will lay down our lives for one another in service brothers and sisters, we were lost. We were blind and we were dead. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me pray that we would take this with us and not only would it shape us, but it would shape the lives around us for the glory of God. Let me pray. Father God, this is the message that you have given us, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Father, that the way is not a path to be walked, not a reasonable method, but Jesus himself is the way who makes sense of everything and everyone. Enable us to go with him. Thank you, Father, that the truth is not a wisdom to be discovered, nor a satisfying experience, but Jesus is the truth. Thank you that He gives us comfort and satisfaction to know him and to make him known. And Father, we thank you that the life is not a plan to be lived out. It's not an ethical morality, but Jesus is the life. And that he brings lasting moral order that is best for everyone. How we pray, Lord God, that you would enable us to go with him, to know him and make him known, and to live for him this week and weeks and months and years ahead until we, each and every one of us, meet him face to face, that he might be glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, guys.